This is exactly right. I'm Babs Gray, and I don't want to be catcalled, but I do want to be dog faxed. (laughs) COVID, baby. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm Brandy Posey, and it turns out the people who took videos at concerts from their phones were right this whole time. I miss concerts. (laughs) I'm Tess Barker, and believing in yourself is absolutely humiliating. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Hello! We got Barbara Brandy and of course Big Tess. We got a show for everyone that's the fucking best. Come on, baby. It's time to hang out with your favorite ladies. Ladies and ladies. Ladies and ladies. Hey, everybody. We have another live Zoom show coming up. We had so much fun doing the first one that we just couldn't wait to do another one. So we've got one on October 4th uh, at 6 p.m. Pacific again. And we're just so excited. We've got our resident hunk coming back. We've got Tess's sister, Marley Barker, doing some fun stuff. And we got some special guests. So tickets are available now. You can go find them on our Twitter, our Instagram, and all that stuff. And yeah, come hang out with us. We, had, we just had a blast the first time. It's really going to be so much fun. It's going to be a very high energy, very unique show. Trust us. You're going to want to be there. 10-4. Roger that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And if you can't wait that long, this Saturday I've got a picture of this show um, with Josh Gondelman and a bunch of other really awesome comedians and artists on it. You can find tickets for that at littlefieldnyc.com this Saturday, uh, September 12th at 4 p.m. PST. Come to all our shows. Come see us live on the internet. Yeah, you have no excuses now, so we'll yeah. see you there. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is the show. Yeah, lady to lady, <laughs> lady to lady to lady. To lady Just made up a new lady. theme song. Um, yeah, let's bring on our guest. Oh, she's so hilarious. She's a great comedian and writer, and she's a new memoir. It's called Grand. Sarah Schaefer. Yay! I have an intro for myself. Oh, please. Oh, okay, please give it. Give it. Give it. Give it. Mine, I'm not a Karen. I'm a shy Karen. I'm a Sharon. (laughs) I don't speak up when I should. I I get scared of getting in trouble. That was so suspenseful. I love it. Also, my my mom is a Sharon. Literally. Oh, that's funny. You know, it's I love like it. that's the only joke I've come up with this entire <laughs> time, and I've had nowhere to say it because I'm not doing like Zoom shows. This really, is perfect. So. Wow, perfect. we've got the debut of I'm so glad of this Sharon is Karen joke. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, that I enjoy calling people Karens because I'm not like that at all. <laughs> yeah, but then I have to look in the mirror and go, "Well, what are you then?" Because <laughs> that's you're a not, good point. Yeah. 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 Oh wow. I'm yeah, a that's a good idea. We all should be, need to be doing that at this point. <laughs> Everyone needs to turn the Aaron mirror on themselves and find out what kind of Aaron they are. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm a Darren. I'm a Darren from Bewitched. Darren, I Chris. think I'm Darren One. No, from Bewitched. I'm a. Oh, oh. I'm just a husband who likes to work and doesn't want his bitch witch wife to 
show her powers. That's the whole show. Is He's like, I don't want you to show off your powers. And it's like, but she does cool shit. What are you talking about? Yeah, but that's the history of being a woman. I know, I know. It's very... <laughs> by a woman more powerful than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very obvious. It's just like, be a little more subtle. That's all totally. I'm asking. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for being here now that you're a memoir writer. Sarah. Yes. Author. <laughs> oh my God. Author, Sarah, I read your book all in like a day like I just blew through it it was so well written thank <laughs> you yeah congratulations seriously yeah so <laughs> out. so what's your next project um <laughs> now that you <laughs> I just like next. break down <laughs> I don't know what my purpose is now <laughs> now that you've poured your soul into a book what's next what's I next? joined TikTok so oh perfect <laughs> I see big things coming we'll now. see what happens with that um perfect no but I, I really loved it and I love because it was like you know I've known you for a long time so it was really interesting like reading a memoir of someone you've known for a while and like find, seeing you were so vulnerable in it and just little things like I've always known that you like Diet Coke and then seeing like <laughs> the kind of story behind that uh, which when you read the book it's it's very sweet little and poignant. tidbits yeah, yeah no but seriously um and I also love the way that you structured it as um so every other chapter it's this raft ride that you're going on with your sister um and then you flash back to, to different points in your life and so it kind of almost had like that wild like travel mm -hmm. memoir feel to it too yeah which made it yeah. really fun it's to read. It's funny wild. Yeah, yeah. I love that's that. I've been describing it. <laughs> I never read wild. Is that uh, you, that's your you never TV read wild? Pitch? I didn't read wild. I've seen the movie, but I didn't read it because I was scared that I would somehow copy it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I have it, but I, and I need to read it now. But <laughs> yeah, now you get to I read it. I I stay away from things sometimes for that reason. Like I'm yeah. like I'm afraid I'm going to be too like I need to make this or just something I don't know about it. Yeah. Well, or you'll start comparing like yes. when I first started working on I was like I'm gonna read the best memoirs <laughs> that was a horrible mistake um, yeah I mean they were good books but I was like my life is so fucking boring compared to these people that I'm reading you know and it's just like I was comparing myself to things that I should not have been comparing myself to and you know mm -hmm. then I read a bunch of other stuff and was like oh you can have a less dramatic life and still write a really good book. So <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's, it's harsh to, you shouldn't compare yourself to things like that. I, I find bad art to be a lot more, a lot more inspiring for me. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. Confidence well, when you're, when you're writing from yeah. your truth, which standups do, it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, I don't have a built in. I mean, I think mm -hmm. I have interesting things for my life that I could write about, but when you're comparing to some of the best memoirs of all time, like a lot of times those are ones that are really well written, but also the person had has just an incredible story. Yeah. And that is not something you can invent. I mean, people, yeah. I think, do invent things to write about sometimes. Mm -hmm. But and those people are bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you're telling us you didn't do any like James Frey shit with this book. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I did I learn, also though. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you did what? I, I also feel like James Frey, I didn't really see, like, what the big deal was. Like, I feel like, I don't know. if I didn't read that book, actually. But I'm like, if people enjoyed the book, obviously he hit some kind of, like, nerve with people. He like, spoke to an experience. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and nowadays, a lot of people are doing, um, they are turning their memoir, they're calling it novels now. Like, yeah. or fictional uh, memoir so that they don't have to be held to such a standard. 
the Mary, Mary Carr is someone who's known as like one of the best memoirs. She wrote um, The Liars Club and uh, she's a really great writer, but she said she wrote a book about how to write memoir and I read that and she said, you know, pe- re- readers just want to know they want to know what parts you're not being 100% truthful about or maybe you don't remember and she's like I if you're going to put shit in my sandwich, I'm like it's okay, but I want to know where where it is. Yeah, what well, <laughs> like is this like know. a McDonald's shit or like a steak dinner shit? Yeah, like I want to yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because yeah, I will yeah. say that's like a pet yeah. peeve of mine is like when comics on stage when like obviously if you're going to tell a story on stage like you you can and should dramatize it and like make it funny oh, yeah. and whatever for the stage. But when yeah, something yeah. when when I see someone tell a story that is just clearly patently completely untrue. fabricated and untrue, it really grates on me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean I don't think people like being lied to or feeling like someone's misrepresenting themselves. So I think that's yeah. why James Frey was so it's like if he had presented it as not real, that's one thing, but Well, and and I you know, one thing I learned was like, how are all these memoirs? Do they have photographic memories? Like, how yeah. do you remember all this? I was going to ask, yeah, how do you access those memories? So what I learned was one, I I'm actually sitting next to like I I'm a historian type person. I'm an archivist. I like to save things and organize them in scrapbooks mm-hmm. and. These are these notebooks from this time of my life. You know, I, I've always yeah. been that way. It turned out very handy writing a memoir because then I could go back and like piece together details. And you just want details. You don't want to summarize. They want, you want, yeah. want, it needs to read like a proper mm-hmm. memoir needs to read like a novel, like a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have details and scenes and dialogue. Dialogue is very hard to remember. It's very hard to remember actual conversations. Mm-hmm. So what I had to do was sort of, you know, and I would say sometimes like I didn't remember this but in other situations I had to create scenes that I know happened yeah and I know my mom said that at some point Mm -hmm. around that time and I would just sort of like stitch together a scene that is true but maybe if they had a video camera on us or of that time period Mm -hmm. it didn't happen exactly that way but ultimately it's true to me and the memory and I used as much proof as I could and because I wanted it to get it right you know yeah um and i didn't have her to discuss the scenes especially with my mom like conversations we had i didn't have her to check with you know all my other family members i was like do you remember what happened and we could like work out what happened between us like Mm -hmm. an agreed memory of it right but with my mom i couldn't do that and so i just had to i used some emails um, or like diary entry and things she's and I, or memory or even in my own, I kept journal entry up through the end of college. I kept a journal. Mm-hmm. And so I had some things I had written down that she had said. And so it was easy mm-hmm. to like at least create, but it was hard to let myself do that. Cause I felt like I was lying if I didn't have an exact, you know, video memory of it, picture of it. Mm-hmm. But then I realized like I have to, like there's no way anyone can write a memoir without doing that. Otherwise you have a book that's devoid of like, it's like, and then, then, then this, then this happened, you know, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. it's not very, yeah. Interesting. It's like, it's based around the kernel of the truth. Uh, of an idea. Did you worry about that at all with the, because you do write about people that you that you know other family members that you like you said you were working with them on the book like did you have to kind of like not think about that while you were writing like other uh, people reading it or like how did it you was get really through hard that? it was really really hard not to free I, I that was the hardest the absolute hardest part of it was worrying about what my family would think or other people that I had talked about in the book what they would think 
and I decided not to show any of it to them until, except for some very sensitive parts where I checked the, with the language with them, mm-hmm. um, where I was describing something about them that was very sensitive. I would be like, okay, this is the paragraph. How do you feel about that? But I didn't let anybody read it until I was done with it and, and almost like completely done, like edits yeah. had happened. And because I, I realized that was what people recommended. And I'm glad I followed that for me because some people are like sending off chapters as they go. And I'm like, my family, this was really hard to get every, not hard, but everyone, everyone was nervous a little bit. They were revealing some family secrets and stuff. And so mm-hmm. it was better to just wait because then they were seeing the final version and not having to go back and read another version. Yeah. And we changed so much of it that it was just better to wait. But, um, but yeah, some of it was like, uh, you know, you get into a conversation, you're like, Oh, I'm writing about this. And, and then they're like, well, that didn't happen that way. And you're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, well, um, you know, even like dates, like yeah. misremembering years and stuff where I'd be like, well, I actually have evidence of it. And that's yeah. hard to like say like, no, it really <laughs> like I've done my research, but you know, some of it, I think they're probably, I'm, I mean, I'm get my family has been so supportive. I'm guessing there's things for all of them in the book where they're like, mm-hmm. okay, crazy. <laughs> that, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and they're just letting me have it because it's my story to tell. But, mm-hmm. you know, they've been so kind <laughs> and supportive and loving. And that once I let them read it, it was like the weight. I don't know if you've ever had some the, the feeling of relief of something like mm-hmm. where you actually feel like you're floating. You yes. The weight wow. of it is gone. Like such an instant weight yeah. being lifted for some reason. Emotional lift. When they read that book, they all read it in the first few. I mean, they read it immediately. Like, Mm. my sister took her like four hours. Like, she sped read through it. They all read it immediately, and they all loved it. They were like, I wouldn't change a word. Yes. Every single one. They were crying. They were like, this is the best thing I've ever read, you know. And I felt, I mean, that was in January or February. And I, I mean, my whole life changed in that moment because I didn't realize how much I was worried mm. about it until I mean I definitely knew because I was like sure in therapy every week the freaking out it. about it yeah, they weren't yeah. all just looking for their name and being like alright okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay we're fine alright I'm yes. done yeah 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 it's fine <laughs> yeah 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 whatever cool. whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 okay good, good, good she said I'm thin and great perfect awesome <laughs> okay great great great, great. <laughs> you know I mean and I've always been someone who y'all you know in being mm. in stand up you know a lot of us talk about our lives and our family and and relationships we have. And I've always been really protective of the people in my life. I don't get up on stage and trash. I mean, it took me almost 10 years of dating Scott before I did one joke about him on stage. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and it was like scary to get up there and do that. And he was fine with it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but some comedians, as you know, are like straight up like mom is in the audience. Mom, you abused me. I can't I can't do that. Yeah, I, yeah. I applaud those who can. And I laugh at a lot of those jokes. But totally. I know people who are like, oh, my God, my mom was in the audience. And I'm like, she was. Yeah. You just ripped her a fucking new ass. <laughs> and just and aired like, out so her mad. dirty laundry. I mean, this is something I think about a lot. Yeah. I come from I yeah. come from like a really eccentric family and I like to talk about them on stage and I've written some stuff about them, but it's like I'm always kind of like weird and toying with this line of like what's mine to tell? Like where am I crossing yeah. that line? Mm-hmm. And I know that I have crossed it in the past and that's made me feel shitty that I've like 
made people feel yeah. like I exposed shit that wasn't mine to expose. So yeah, it's it's a weird line to kind of play with. Like, it how do you kind of make yeah. that call? Yeah, because it, it also approaches that level of like, you're like, well, I can say this, but yeah. you can't, or you can't yeah. think this about my family. I can think yes. this about them, but you can't. So it's like yeah. that right. weird like, level of you're, you're just like, I'm talking putting shit it out there, and now it they are exposed, and that's yes. why I, I was trying to explain to my family. I was like, don't read the reviews, like don't go to oh, Goodreads.com, no. like don't don't read reviews. And they're like, Sarah, we've read every single one. Like I have it blocked. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing? And they're like, I will. My sister was like, there's this one lady. I'll fucking cut a bitch. And I was like, <laughs> don't read them. I was like, because then people come out, and it's yeah. like. It's a memoir, but they're reading it like a story, and they're gonna hate the characters in the story. Yeah. They're, you know, I'm afraid you're gonna see something that's like, mm-hmm. I love this book, but Sarah's sister, what a bitch, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I don't want you seeing that. And they're like, Sarah, we can handle it. Like, we're, and I'm like, okay, well, you haven't been harassed the way that I have been online, right. so that's I'm a, a little more part, sensitive. But, you know, thankfully, the book has not been successful enough. <laughs> to have that level of exposure. <laughs> Silver I lining, mean, not, not as yet. much, tro- not as many not trolls. Yet. Not yet. Buy Sarah's <laughs> book and give it a glowing review on Goodreads because it deserves one. Seriously, I like honestly, I just yeah, it was, it was very like proud mm. feeling and very cool, like you said, because you don't talk about your family a lot on stage, so it was really. Um, I always think that's what's interesting about people's families too, is they truly are like a part of who they are. Yeah, you know, families are so formative, and so I always think it's really interesting to learn about people's families and, and kind of see their. Yeah, I didn't. I, I definitely the, everything in this book is almost all of it, except for very specific parts, is stuff I've never talked about publicly. Mm-hmm. Not even yeah. on a podcast or anything. So, not uh, even on you, a podcast. Not what? even on a pod. I mean, really. Sarah. And I had a, my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've sold all of our secrets long ago. <laughs> Yeah, I saved I it up for the book, you know? <laughs> I also like, like, you painted a really good picture of, like, I, I think it's the first memoir I've read that really accurately represents sort of what it's like to be a female comedian kind of, like, making their way up towards being successful in this day and age. Like, you know, you talk about, like, your blogging jobs and your big breaks here and, like, what those feel like and the ups and downs and, like... It was very relatable and just something that I feel like I haven't really seen like articulated in that way yet. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I I think a lot of comedian memoirs are like books of essays and they're mm-hmm. and that's what I thought I was going to write and they were like, "Well, we think you have a proper memoir here." And I was like, "Wow. I must be <laughs> You must think I'm really good." And I had no idea what I was getting myself into and how much harder that was going to be. There's a reason books of essays are usually your first book out the gate if you're yeah. a comedian writer. Mm-hmm. Um but I I was really I wanted to write a book like this ultimately. I did not want to write a book of essays that was like, "You go girl." Yeah, yeah. You know, with that right. yes, on the cover yeah. like it's <laughs> <laughs> it's out whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, leopard printed. Not no offense to anything that's like that, but I just I just didn't think I had it much new to contribute. This was sure. way more about the internal journey that I think mm-hmm. a lot of creative people uh go through which is you know why is my voice even needed? Like yeah. that mm-hmm. ultimate question of why do I need attention? Mm-hmm. Is it and for women, like, is mm-hmm. it bad to be loud? Yeah. You know, and to be heard and to be the spotlight, we're taught to kind of be more quiet. And mm-hmm. 
um, were rewarded for that, for being good and smart in school and all those things. But then when you get out in the world, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's really hard to be heard and to find your own voice and then to feel that your voice is even worthy of anyone hearing. I think a lot of us deal with that. So thank you, Tess. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, All right, you guys, we're going to break. Like I said, Sarah's book is really, really incredible. It's called Grand. Get it from your independent bookstore. Um, Seriously, I really, and it's not, is it available on Audible right now as an audiobook? Yes, it is. And I read it right here. Oh, with a Bojangles box box behind you and everything. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, All right, guys, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy. I'm Babs. I'm Tess. And we're here with Sarah Schaefer. Hi. And uh, I found this interesting thing on Facebook. Who knows if this is a real thing? That's or a not. good place to find things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Most it's also stuff on a- Facebook is real. <laughs> Always, every time. Um, Have you guys seen that that new that fake news filter thing they put up now? No. I I'm like barely on Facebook. I don't. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I don't I, I don't use it really. I'm not on there that much, but I've seen this thing a few times when I've been scrolling and um cuz I think more than than usual I've been kind of glancing at like people's feeds who I don't think about much who I'm like, you know, just like right-wing people who I'm like, "Who are you? Okay, you do exist." And they post when they post fake news stuff now there's this little like filter that comes up on it. That's like, this has been reported as not factual. Mm -hmm. And so that's Facebook's thing where they're trying to like stop people from sharing fake news, even Mm -hmm. though it's obviously not helping at all, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of an interesting method they've put into practice. Um, So you have to click through, you have to agree and be like, I know this is fake news. And then look at it. Uh, Well, you know, I think that's good actually. It is good, but it's like it's just sad. It's like this is far too little, too late. But well, yeah, I think I first read about that feature. Wasn't there some kind of deal where like Twitter censored Trump, and then Facebook wouldn't? I I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I think Twitter Twitter censored Trump because he said that like that mail in ballots, you know, caused rampant fraud, and then you know Twitter fact checked him, and it was a whole yeah whole thing yeah i think we're past the point now where there's so much distrust that like even with a filter like that people who are prone to fake news have now believe that any censorship of what they believe and yeah confirms their bias is biased mm-hmm. yeah so. yeah because it says like independent fact checkers have checked this and determined and you know obviously they're going to be like I don't trust any independent fa- like I'm like well that's yeah, yeah it's the perfect crime yeah, yeah I mean it's actually a really great way to never have to engage in any kind of an argument mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's really well and it's frustrating because it's like they never put this stuff in place before which is like when they should have before it became such a big problem well and yeah then, it's yeah. it's way too it's way yeah. too far gone to do now but yeah. keep try anyway I found this on what's someone's this attraction page. layer cake yeah, so it. It's attraction layer cake. So it's just supposed to be, you know, it's like a more intense than like I'm a, you know, I'm heterosexual. I'm pansexual. It's supposed to be more layered, if you will. I already know I'm going to get like the most vanilla score. This is going to be embarrassing. (laughs) Mine's going to be like 100% pure, uncut, uh, heterosexual. Uh, (laughs) 
looking for like a chocolate devil's food of some kind. I mean, <laughs> I wish it was like corresponded to actual cake types. That is what. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think might, mine would still be vanilla because as I've seen it before, I think vanilla it'd be is like underrated. vanilla ice cream with yeah. apple pie, like as, mm. as you all, know, very all classic American as you view. can get. Yeah. Classic, but still hot. Exactly. Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically it takes attraction type relationship type and orientation type okay. now attraction type i'm a little confused about but basically the le- the levels are black ar- aromantic asexuality which is no sexual or romantic attraction only platonic or aesthetic attraction gray romantic asexuality open to romance certain forms of touch and deep emotional bonds but not interested in sexual relations i'm nope. not going to read all of this but Orchid does not experience sexual attraction, but comfortable having sexual relations for distinct purposes, such as childbearing. Um, Pink secondary sexuality, which is romantic, platonic, and aesthetic attraction are established easily. Red primary sexuality, sexual attraction exists immediately. However, other components are essential to the relationship. I don't know what the difference between those two are. So I guess one is like romantic first, then sex, and the other one is sex first, romantic second. Yeah. Mm. Crimson is aromatic sexuality. The purpose of relationships is primarily sexuality. Romance is not specifically desired. So that's our first layer. By romance, they mean like... Like intimacy. Relationship. I think yeah. so, yeah. Well, I don't think know. they mean like bachelor, like... <laughs> I think like emotional connection, I think. Right? Yeah. 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 Right. I, I guess so, yeah. It's weird to think like of Like everything outside of sex, right? Like... I think, mm-hmm. yeah, just a relationship, but long-term, right. long not just sexual. Um, yeah. Hmm. Uh, this is weird, because it's like red primary sexuality. Sexual attraction exists immediately, and it's like, well, that's... That just depends. Promo- yeah. Well, and also it's funny because I feel like this applies to you at different points that you're like, you're going to score yeah, different points of different your life over. at different places. If mm-hmm. you're single, this is totally different. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. It, yeah, it can change. I don't think it's like, yeah, we're, we don't have to set this in stone. Like, what am I going to say? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm crimson, but I'm married, you know, <laughs> I'm also polyamorous, but I'm married. He doesn't know. It's like, what am I gonna say? <laughs> no, this this is actually the, the test for what goes on your tombstone is what this is. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's your birth and death date and then what your your I mean, what layer cake what you are. I think I'm just are, helping so. the algorithm categorize us is what is happening. Yeah. They're just finding I mean, out a, a way to market something to us. Alexa, basically. are you listening? Are you listening to this? Are you listening to us talk about this? I mean, this? I'm a I'm a vanilla. I'm very easy for the algorithm to hit. It's very but, easy. So <laughs> you're you would be romantic um yeah. I, that well, I guess the pink one. Yeah, I was gonna say I guess I think pink. I'm pink. This is very confusing though, because it's like, yeah, I've been I'm sexually attracted to people like quickly, but I'm also sexually attracted to my partner who I'm with for a long time. So I don't really know what. Mm-hmm. That's a little confusing. Well, well, I don't know. I guess I'll go red, but it's that's weird. I'm um, probably a pink or red. Yeah, I think I'm yeah. a pink. It's am a, a hard fuchsia, beautiful roses. Yeah, my. <laughs> Okay, this is easier maybe to figure out. Relationship type A, strictly monogamous, only mate with one person at a time with a goal of developing singular lifelong partnership. B, primarily monogamous, desires monogamous relationships first and foremost, but willing to explore polyamorous relationships 
for the happiness of their partner or other reasons, so not necessarily for yourself. C, no preference, willing to explore poly or monogamy on a case-by-case basis. D, primarily polyamorous. Desires polyamorous relationships first and foremost, but willing to explore monogamy for the happiness of their partner or other reasons. E, strictly polyamorous. Uh, A. I'm B. I don't really care. I'm A or B. Yeah. I think I fall under the primary monogamous. Like, I think I mostly would want to be, but also I wouldn't. Oh, at a certain point over time, it wouldn't really bother me to have a conversation about it, I don't think. I've never yeah. tried B, really. Yeah. Like, so I don't know. I haven't lived it. Yeah. You know, I know. Like, that's what's hard it, to say is, is it's at like... At the end of my... Yeah. At the end of my first marriage, there could have been a moment where we were like, all right, let's just see other people for a while and see if we can stay married. But that didn't. It didn't work. It didn't happen that way at all. Right. Yeah. So... I think I'm probably in a, an A at the, I mean, I'm definitely an A right now, but like if we're so, right, like what Brandy said, like, but if for some reason we were like, yeah, all right. I like, mean, who the hell knows? And yeah, 20 years you're like, all right, let's, <laughs> it's like, we're 60. Let's <laughs> oh, yeah. just fuck let's other fuck people. Around. Yeah. yeah. It's time yeah to be, I mean, it's, let's be a real gross old together. Let's go to get some weird wine party shit on. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, you're gonna be the weird horny 70 year olds. They're great. Certainly. They're yeah. Allowances should be made for what could happen in the Poconos. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I'm probably like, I mean, I'm definitely an A right now. Like I am like, this, I'm very vanilla in this way. Like I yeah. am definitely monogamous. I like, I think I get too je- like I could never have a threesome like that idea. I'm like no, I would be jealous the whole time. Like no, just no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're you're deeply competitive. You'd kill somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm monogamous and I'm an Aries. It's like let's not get somebody hurt. <laughs> <laughs> let's not get somebody hurt this is, i guess i'm a c but it's weird because it's like i don't think my type's in here because i do think i'm polyamorous i haven't explored it but um mm-hmm. it's like it says primarily polyamorous i desire that first which is not necessarily true mm-hmm. i definitely enjoy monogamy i just believe that at some point I, you know, want to explore things outside of my main relationship, which is something like we talked about. I'm not down for it now, especially <laughs> while there's a pandemic going Quarantine, on. But yes, this is a yeah, tough maybe time. A pandemic doesn't make any of these matter. Uh, if you're if you're being poly right now, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless you um, unless you're pre-established, pre-polygamist. Yeah. Well, yeah, if right. you've got a pod, that's one thing. If you've yeah. got a poly pod, then I'm fine. With a, a polypod um, kit, yeah, that'd be a cute toy. <laughs> that would be good, just like a little pod of people fucking each other in a poly pocket. <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess I'll just say C because it depends on the situation. Uh. Okay. Orientation type: exclusively hetero, attracted to exclusively to a gender different than one's own. Predominantly heterosexual, mostly attracted to a gender different than one's own. Slightly hetero, prefers partners whose gender is different than one's own, but also attracted to people of the same gender. Bisexual slash pansexual, attractions not influenced by gender. For slightly homosexual. <laughs> 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 prefers partners whose genders match one own, but also, yeah. Um, five, predominantly homosexual, mostly attracted to people whose gender matches one own. Six, exclusively homosexual. I hope that one of our friends who is exclusively homosexual uses this as like a... Tender bio? For a, 
Make a name for a, an album or something. Yes. <laughs> exclusively homosexual. Do yeah. not. It's just a tiny red rope in front of their genitals. That's an album cover. Yeah. <laughs> Very cute. Yeah. I'm probably a two on this. Mm-hmm. I'm slightly heterosexual. That is a weird like. It's a it's a weird. I think it would be. You're mostly. You're mostly heterosexual. Yeah. yeah. So it says preferred that, partners the, with different Yeah, genders. that's what it yeah, that's what it means. But you're yeah, right. They, it's, they screwed this up. They did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They need to do the mostly hetero and know that it's the slightly ho they kind of uh, yeah, one thing. They got predominantly way. and slightly But kind see, of, this is the thing. Yeah. I've never dated or really even had any experience with a woman, but I get like, you know, I'll watch a show and be like, oh, yeah, hey, the, you know, like I'll feel our, something. The loins you know? will stir. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'll feel definitely. a little tingle, you know. Yeah. But I'm not. I've never done it, so I'm probably one. I'm probably more one. I don't yeah. know if I thought that this was an interesting thing, but I don't know if it's as good as like of a scale <laughs> of a scale. Barbara, thing. you really fucked up. I really wow. fucked this up. I glanced at this on Facebook and thought it was interesting, and now I'm realizing. I mean, it I get cover. it. You saw you saw sex and layer cake, and of course you were interested. I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't want that? I was I'm like, let pink... me get my friends in on this. <laughs> Be um, one. Okay, yeah. yeah. So what are we all? I think I'm a I'm a three bisexual pansexual. I think um, I'm a one. Yeah, I kind think of the I'm probably same thing. a one. Yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty damn straight. I don't really have any desire to hook up with women, but like, I would like fuck Beyonce, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would. I would just be so intimidated. One or two. I mean, that's the thing. I'd have to say one, I guess, because two. I've not, that would mean I'd actually done something about it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Where I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, 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 I keep forgetting there's a zero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exclusively heterosexual zero, zero. <laughs> which zero may, probably bitch. means that your zeros are probably super repressed sixes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's like reincarnation. Yeah. You bounce back up to the top. Exactly. <laughs> Everything is circular. <laughs> Exclusively heterosexual. I am not gay. I am not gay. I am not gay. <laughs> that's like what that sounds like. I'm excited to tell everybody that I'm a pink B1, so that's exciting. Pink uh, B1. Pink B1. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so what is this? What am I pink... Pink C, pink C three. This sounds like I'm measuring my pussy or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I think orchid is the pussiest one. That is true. Yeah, I'm an yeah. orchid tertiary. Five. Yeah, I'm a pink A one. How many? How many guys do you think took That's this? That's the special breast cancer A one steak sauce <laughs> they put out every year. How many guys do you think took this and didn't pick pink pink specifically because they didn't want to say that they were a pink? I think a I lot mean, of the guys who are say they're zeros. Yes, maybe. exactly. <laughs> That's a correlation I am seeing going on here for sure. I'm not, I'm not gay. Zero. <laughs> oh, spe I, speaking of, uh, this is good uh, along with uh, whatever, toxic masculinity. I was looking on Etsy um, for like pheromone stuff because I was trying to, you know, when you're Ooh. writing... <laughs> You know mm -hmm. when you're writing and you're like, instead I'll Google things that will help me, right? Of so I was Google, yeah. Googling pheromones because I was trying to write about like wellness stuff. Mm -hmm. And I found this listing on Etsy. Uh, the title is, How to Seduce Women with Subliminal Light Rock Music. <laughs> <laughs> this CD 
costs twelve dollars and fifty cents. CD. Wow. CD makes her uncontrollably want to be with you and unleash her passions on you. I kind of want to buy this. I do too, because oh I only have a CD God. player in my car, but it's so ridiculous that it's like. I mean, this is problematic, obviously, what this says, but yes, yeah, simply insert our Light Rock subliminal CD in your car. She will, or in your car, home, or portable player. She will only notice music, but inaudible hidden commands penetrate her subconscious mind, and you, quote, penetrate the rest. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I totally got the wrong thing from this product description. I thought that just the hearing of the light rock was supposed to get your pussy wet. Like I didn't realize there were like subliminal messages in the, well, that's what, no, they're, they're saying that the light rock has some subliminal messages in it that are supposed to make a woman horny. Right. Oh, so like oh, this wow. is, this is like a uh, Josie and the Pussycats for MRAs. That's what this yes. is. <laughs> God, what an awful. Perfect. Jesus. My Mephisto tape worked after one playing. <laughs> God. I got the best BJ of my whole life using your tape that drove her wild. <laughs> oh this my is God. my favorite. There's two parts in it that really are my favorite thing. One is that um, they say that the psych the psychological basis for Mephisto CD's success. One peer pressure intervention intervention peer pressure is the most powerful force determining human behavior. The 33 voices on your CD persuade her the whole world approves of you. <laughs> Hold on. Holy I'm, shit. I'm trying to oh find a sample of this music somewhere. I couldn't find I looked everywhere. But that's, that's fine. What, we'll pay the twelve fifty. We need to order this. That makes me laugh so hard because it's like thirty three people people are telling her that you're not a Wait. loser and that makes her horny. <laughs> Listen to this paragraph. <laughs> the proven power of subliminals. Erasmus University of Rotterdam and Southeastern University in the US proved subliminal tapes arouse women. In the US tests. In the U.S., test sensors were placed in the crotch, all caps, <laughs> all caps no of way. college girls to measure excitement. Ew. Oh, this is the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Ew. <laughs> crotch of college girls. Oh, who let this on Etsy? I thought we had some decorum over here. I Yeah, I'm sorry. Look, I found a weird corner of Etsy. Look that at this I was... photo of the review of Nathan. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's a sideways. <laughs> oh, man. I can't. This is getting sad. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Nathan, is... Nathan looks like he drives a kid's bus or something. Okay. I can't. Nathan, to be fair, Nathan bought the cologne, the pheromone He cologne. bought the cologne, yeah. Okay. He didn't okay. buy the tape. Yeah. Okay. He said cologne he would buy I'm again. fine with. But yeah. they say there's actual recordings of women's orgasms under the music. So there's I think recordings of women's this. orgasms in all music. I think we music. have to buy this. Yeah, oh. we have to get yeah, it. Yeah, we need to get one because like, expense it to the company. Let's do one copy of this, and then let's yeah. put it online for free everywhere, so nobody else uh, <laughs> make it a it. TikTok. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when she hears the CD, she will have dreams of you, have visions of your hands in foreplay. You guys know how <laughs> <laughs> that's a when you get horny, here. you think of hands. I I love having also, visions like, of your hands in foreplay. What <laughs> happens if you like play this CD while you're looking at like one of those like blow up guys outside the drive-in? Do you get horny for that? Well, don't you I already? Think, I mean, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I think it's yeah, true. just to whoever's in your near in your in your nearest uh, zone, you get horny for. So you got to make sure you're nearby. Yeah, it's like, aren't there always storylines and like. I don't know where I've seen it, but like the love potion, and then you see the wrong person. Right. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I'm just gonna say the, this guy has whatever. other. 
This guy also has the power of Jesus to help you meet, date, and attract women. <laughs> so there's a few, a few options. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Man. Wait, the favorite one of, sorry, the only part of this one that makes me laugh why you need jesus in this book to tap into his power for dating women jesus can open up his sky vaults and rain down women for <laughs> it's raining I, women i don't remember that part of the bible and i <laughs> i had to learn a lot of the bible as a child but maybe this was a secret thing that was hidden from us <laughs> and then this part jesus. this part's great not a christian and don't know jesus and how he can help you in your dating life no problem the author shows you how to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. So you can, you can <laughs> double whammy. Yeah. Yeah. That's just oh. good time management. Get laid and find Jesus. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Just don't play this CD around Jesus because then Jesus, oh, Jesus will get horny oh, for you. Shit. And you are a zero. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> you can't have that. 100% heterosexual. So no Jesus, Jesus fucking so is. God on, made Jesus. me a zero. God you- damn it. <laughs> um, all right, you guys, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go get hypnotized to Jesus. We'll be our <laughs> We're back on Lady to Lady. I'm Babs. I'm Brandy. I'm Tess. And we're here with Sarah Schaefer. Hey. Did you guys go out and buy Sarah's book during the break? Because you you? should have. We've been Did playing, you? We've been playing a subliminal track under this whole episode of saying, buy Sarah's book, buy Sarah's book. And we put the a... whole world approves of Sarah's book. <laughs> and when you buy the book, you get a sensor that you can place in your crotch for when you read the book. And then it'll give her information for her next novel. <laughs> um, I looked up Mephisto and I found a one-star review on Amazon that's pretty oh, funny. No. It's uh, from Ronald Taylor. Dangerous to put something in your mind if you don't know what it is which I agree. Horrible product. I have no idea what I'm listening to because there was no title uh, to the surprise gift they sent me. So I'm not listening to it or allowing anyone else to listen to it because there was no title on it. Subliminals can be dangerous if you have no idea what you're listening. Have you ever noticed that if you give a bad review to anything on Amazon, they'll tell you that something was wrong with your review and they won't print it? Decided from now on I will give a one-star review to everything and they kick it back to me. I'm just going to keep doing it over and over again. Maybe you should as well. Oh no! Wow. Well, somebody's subliminal message worked on that guy in yeah, a different way. Yeah, we just way. don't know don't... whose or what it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. What was the end game? <laughs> um, all right, Sarah, would you like to help us answer some advice? Yeah, wonderful. Lady, lady problems. Lady. Lady problems. Lady problems. Do you have them? Lady problems. Do you have them? People have them. Hello, ladies. It's me, the crazy cat lady again. I want to thank you so much for your advice and kind words. My anxiety about leaving my cat for longer than a few hours has not disappeared, but has certainly lessened. I'm sure we'll get even better over the coming months. I also want to thank you for the support and endless entertainment you've all provided during the pandemic. I'm sorry for the struggles you're all experiencing, but I'm also thankful that you're sharing your experiences. It makes me and I'm sure all the listeners feel like they're not alone. I love you all and cannot thank you enough. Now for the non-cat related problem, actually a very human problem. 
When I was in music school about eight years ago, I took up smoking cigarettes as a way to cope with anxiety. Nicotine and the simple act of puffing cigarettes uh, provide such nice immediate gratification. The habit later transitioned into using a jewel and smoking an occasional cig. Two years ago, I, like Tess, all of a sudden decided smoking was gross and quit. However, since the beginning of 2020 and throughout the pandemic, my anxiety has been through the roof, and whenever my anxiety becomes overwhelming, I grab a cig or use the jewel for a few days. I then quit for a few weeks and smoke again when I'm an anxious mess. Sometimes I tell myself the three-day relapse is fine if it calms me down, but deep down I'm like, ooh, this is disgusting and I want to quit for good. Do you have any advice on quitting this gross habit forever? Thank you. Well, well smoke uh, them up. The world's ending. No, <laughs> you solved it. You solved it. <laughs> I mean, I would say, number one, make, give yourself some patience right now with everything that's happening in the world. Um, you know, I think we're all looking for coping mechanisms that are, you know, as healthy as they can be and some that aren't. And I think as long as isn't isn't the only way that you're like dealing with your anxiety um, if you can like be working on other things too, like, you know, like make sure you're like exercising and like, are you know, taking care of your, like taking baths and like, just like doing yoga and shit that like is also exercising out that anxiety. That way I think you'll probably want cigarettes less and less as long as it's not the only thing you're going to, uh, to, to relieve it. And then the pressure of quitting immediately and like being done with it for good will kind of go away over time. I don't know. I've never I mean, been addicted to cigarettes. So I, I say know. get into cross stitching. It makes your hand you get distracted. You have to use your hands to do it. It's good for anxiety. Sarah's um, a big crafter. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Something like that that keeps your hands busy and keeps you distracted. I think could be helpful. Obviously, it's not fucking nicotine, but it could help. Do you guys, when you're cross stitching, do you go outside and do it for a little bit ever? I do it while I watch bad TV. Yeah, I do it while I watch TV. I don't do it outside because it's got too many like. You gotta have things around you, and yeah, you could easily um, like lose, drop some shit. Yeah, or something. Right. Um, but yeah, I like it. If you're someone who, and I don't know the, this person, but like for me, what I love about cross stitch, counted cross stitch, like you know, not free form. Although I do do my own designs sometimes, but what I like about a cross stitch pattern is the the repetitive detailed counting you have to concentrate you have to count like oh i'm doing four in this row and then i'm changing color if you're someone who likes really detailed oriented repetitive motion like that it's really good distraction with your hands and also i like i personally like cross stitch because it is a way that i can achieve perfection Mm -hmm. in my life Yes. You know, like it looks, you follow, if you're someone who can follow a pattern and and do that, if you have that kind of brain, when you're done, you're like, even if there are, I will see the mistakes. I'll be like, oh, fuck. I like, I can see, you know, and I'll show it to Scott and I'll be like, I'm not going to say anything. What do you think is wrong with this? And he's like, I have no idea. It looks incredible. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, okay. And it just you make something beautiful. If you're not, I'm not an artist. Like I can't paint a picture or draw anything to save my life, but this is a way that I can create visual art that looks really good because someone else did that work, you know, and I can recreate it. I make my own stuff, but you'll see if you, I have an Etsy, my stuff is really basic. It's, it's more clever in the writing and the creation of the idea. That's what I'm good at. I'm not a visual artist. So like I can't, you know, embroider some, 
original thing that looks incredible. You know, I don't have that eye, but like, uh, yeah, that's. That's but yeah, I, like. I feel like following a pattern really makes it, it takes like the creative part and like the, you know, the left and right brain, like the math, the yeah. math part and the creative part kind of together. And it's just very methodical and just feels good. And yeah, when you when it starts coming together, it's very beautiful and you have something like nice to look at. So I think getting into a hobby like that could be really mm-hmm. gardening is also a good one mm-hmm. because it requires your hands and concentration and you're away from a screen and you're in nature and you're creating something from scratch. Um, it involves faith though. If you don't have a lot of faith mm-hmm. or patience, that can be, yeah, I had that to can give be up a on struggle. That. that was not for yeah. me. <laughs> is, that yeah. why I, is that why I suck at gardening? Cause I don't have patience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I that mean, you be, have yeah. to really, it's trial. You have to be able to fail. Right. And keep going because it, it you will fail a lot in the beginning because it's truly even if you followed every thing in the book, you know I'm now gardening on and off for you know well you, I even had a garden in Brooklyn for a little bit so like for over a decade and I've mm-hmm. learned a lot but every year I have things that fail and like you know you mm-hmm. go out there and this thing that you've been growing since a seed is destroyed overnight by something. Yeah. yeah. And it's so upsetting. I mean, you're just like, <laughs> fuck, you know, and you can't do anything about it. That's why, you know, so it takes, it, you gotta, you gotta be okay with like losses, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but there's ways to start out simple that you have some quick success. It's very fulfilling. Like, Succul- oh my God. That's why I, everyone likes succulents, yeah. right? Succulents. Well, I actually am, I'm actually kind of bad at indoor plants. For some reason, they die. (laughs) I'm like, outside, I'm like growing like my own food and like doing all this stuff inside. (laughs) There's like just, they're just all dead. (laughs) I I do think in terms of her, like the quitting the cigs thing. I mean, honestly, I think I have. I don't know. She sounds kind of like she's a similar smoker to me where it was like, I, I have a very addictive personality, but for some reason, once I decided to quit smoking, it actually was kind of easy for me. Like I just kind of decided to quit and then just kind of stop. But I kind of always told myself that like, if I ever wanted to have a cigarette, I could have one. Like I actually mm-hmm. in my head kind of never completely quit smoking. And I still will have like, maybe one or two cigarettes a year. Like there are certain people that like when I see them, like I just, they make me want to smoke and it, I always regret it and it tastes gross and then I don't smoke again for another year. So I, I, I kind of think that sometimes there's some benefit to not putting this huge like thing on it and just telling yourself, I don't feel like smoking. Just like, don't put, I, I think it's okay if you feel like smoking, if you're smoking pretty like, a, I don't know, pretty infrequently. Um, and every once in a while you feel like having one, I kind of think like sometimes the guilt can cause more of a spiral than, than anything, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But that was just my experience yeah. personally. I don't know. I know there's yeah. some people that if they had like one cigarette would be back to a pack a day, but for me, like the kind of smoker I am, like, mm-hmm. yeah, they all, I always kind of regret it and then I don't really smoke any, I don't know, like I, for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people that have really sworn by uh, Alan Carr has a book called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking that a lot of people have really that I know that have quit like that mm-hmm. was like a massive thing that was super helpful for them. Yeah. Um, and that one doesn't encourage you. It's it's just like it's 
do whatever you want until you're done. And by the by the end, you you kind of weirdly he's made you rethink a couple of things and like like yeah. um, take it apart, like why you smoke and like what what mm. you think it's actually what you feel like it's doing versus what it's actually doing for you, because it's like the nicotine is actually it's a depressant. So what you think you're getting at when you think you're getting like a nicotine high at it out of it what you're actually doing is like by smoking you've lowered where your base is you're actually just getting back up to where your base normally is to begin with so cigarettes actually take you lower Mm. and then bring you back up to where Mm. you would be without them completely and like he really does a good job of like scientifically breaking down like how they don't they aren't actually helping you when you think they are and like i know that i just know that that's been a really helpful thing for a lot of people but I think, yeah, I, think it I really it. help to break down for you what's happening, you why know? you smoke. And yeah, yeah if you, it's like you if you can see the ruse, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. ruse behind the curtain, it's like, oh, I, I read the the one, um, the drinking one, mm-hmm. Alan Carr's. And I was like, this is not for me. Yeah, this is the dumbest shit I've ever read. Like I was truly insulted by how dumb he thought I was. Well, there you it go. just didn't work on me. Fair I read point. the whole book and I was like, I'm, I'm still drinking. There is nothing you can say. It's so funny when you appreciate read, like, this insight. Yeah, yeah. When you read something like that, that's been so just like so many people recommended, and as soon as your eyes hit it, you're like, what the fuck is this shit? Right. Just and yeah. Maybe, yeah. Sometimes if something's overhyped, your expectations are too high, yeah, and yeah. so you don't go into it with an open mind. And I tried to. I mean, I was like, no, I, I, I drink every night, and I don't want to. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Drink. The thing is, I think part of it is my drinking is well on and off i'll drink almost every night mm-hmm. but i won't drink much i mean i drink I'm the like same way yeah a few Michelob ultras like it yeah. is such a low amount of alcohol but it's yeah. like but then why am i even doing it so it's like mm-hmm. yeah i've been through phases where i'm i am drinking i'm not drinking but there have been times where like back in new york i mean moving to la definitely lowered the amount but back in new york i mean it would be yeah. For me, it would be too much. And, you know, where I just didn't feel good. I was getting mm-hmm. too old. I'm like, I'm not sleeping properly. And I'm like, you know, so I've changed my habit. I've gone less and less and less and less over time because I don't need as much. I don't have the time. I'm too old for this shit. I'm like, I can't wake up tired. That's ridiculous. You know? Or, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like the older I've gotten, moderation has kind of just come more naturally to me. Like, yeah, when I was in my yeah. 20s, I would always be like blacking out and just drinking to really excess. But now I kind of just yeah. naturally stop craving alcohol after a couple of drinks. I'm just like, I'm good. I just wanted a little something to kind of like get me ready for bed and but yeah, I do it like every night, but I'm like, well, I think it's, it's interesting when it's at that point. Cause it's kind of the same. It's not the same as smoking obviously, but no. I'm kind of at mm-hmm. that point where I'm like, why do I do that? Like, it's still, I'm doing it for anxiety usually, which is yeah. what I really want to get out of the habit of because mm-hmm. I don't like that. That's what I go for when I'm anxious, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it really is about just trying to like, yeah like we're saying with the smoking question why you're doing it see if there's like when you notice those triggers coming up if you can respond to them with something else mm-hmm. and yeah. right and if you if i know that help. for me it's like when the sun starts to go down is when i'm like give me a beer i yeah, want a beer yeah it's mm-hmm. nighttime i made it through the day baby yeah you made it. it through the day you know? like, <laughs> yeah. totally. I don't, I that's mean, how me, i am but if yeah. i can make it through that hour that like witching hour Mm -hmm. you know then i don't want it anymore and so i think that that's similar to probably cigarettes if like smoking yeah ride it out 
mm-hmm. then you, you you're like oh the, the that is gone but i don't know because cigarettes are a little different where like you have them throughout the day potentially and but mine yeah. is just so specific to a time of day that if i can get through that time of day i'm fine mm-hmm. i think cigs are too at least they were for me like it was like my morning cig my like drive home from work cig like i actually would like have names for my different cigarettes and it very mm-hmm. much was like tied to to different times of the day for sure yeah I mean, Sharon, I, but I feel Karen. like for me, but, I don't know, but also I'm like, I don't know, for me, like I, I really love wine and like, it's a very, um, kind of mindful experience for me to have a glass of wine. Like I, I, I like how it smells. I like tasting different bottles. Like I like putting on an album and just like having a glass of wine. So like, I, I sometimes think that like the guilt around, I don't know. I think it's okay. To, I, it, or, I, I don't know for me personally. I think it's like. Rather than being yeah. myself about have a glass right. of wine, like if I'm enjoying it and being mindful and like it's actually kind of bringing me into this moment where I'm cooking dinner and listening to this album, like there's bigger. Yeah, I have I think bigger that's different. I think a lot. Of, yeah. yeah, a lot of people are. You know, I mm-hmm. I wish I was that mindful about my drinking, but I'm just not. So, right. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. if you can be, if you if it can become that, that's like ideal for sure. Yeah, if it's like part of your tradition or whatever, then that makes sense. But yeah, it's yeah, all about like breaking ha- if it if it is a bad habit that you want to get rid of of how you kind of like retrain yourself. It's definitely retraining yourself. Yeah, it's like you just ha- yeah, like Sarah said, like you just have that couple drives to work where you don't have the cigarette, and then it stops being like you kind of just break that um, Pavlov thing of like every time I'm in my car I smoke up a cigarette. Like you just kind of have to break that trigger, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in giving yourself another thing, mm-hmm. you know, yes. like when I'm trying to break. A diet soda like when i'm drinking too much of it mm-hmm. i will be like okay then that means right when i get up i get an iced tea mm-hmm. that i like the taste of and that replaces it in the morning because i drink i'm like i need a diet soda like the most because i don't drink coffee mm-hmm. so i'm like i need it right when i get out of bed i'm like give me give me a diet dr pepper now mm-hmm. um and so if I can replace it with something else, but in the pandemic, this has all become much more difficult for me because I'm buying in bulk. So it's all yeah. here. Yeah. And right. I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to go downstairs to the soda store. You know? <laughs> Cause I used to, my rule was no diet soda in the house ever yeah. that I have. And I used to go out every day and get one right? and get one from the, um, from seven 11. Like they knew me. <laughs> like I'm yeah, like yeah. I'm here for my 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 one diet Dr Pepper. Yeah, you know. Oh, how well do the Seven Eleven people know us? <laughs> they're like, hey, sweetie. <laughs> well, yeah, they yes. know the real me. It's oh, the yeah. most honest relationship in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, but now with the pandemic, it's like I need all that stuff in here, and it's hard to control the the amount I'm drinking, and like, yeah, I, I, um, a lot so of people been have tough. issues with like food you know and all that stuff in this time because you're just it's like hard to not you know if you have issues with binge eating and stuff like that because you don't really have the option to go anywhere else and not have those trigger foods around you sometimes and stuff like that so i think like breaking our habits is like a whole new ball game at this point yeah i think a big thing is also making sure your day has a lot of structure to it because i think a lot of anxiety can come from days that are unstructured and you just kind of like have just a long space of time in front of you just to be thinking and doing whatever so i mean that definitely is something that helps me a lot it's just making sure that like okay cool for these hours i'm answering email for like the next hour and a half i'm gonna work out at this time and you know xyz i've I can say that until I fucking die and I will never be the person that structures my day. It's just, I just yeah. know it now. It's like I can I can give myself a list. I can I can say this is what I'm doing every hour. I can fucking try 50 ways and it's just never going to happen. 
it's just hard to I don't know yeah. what it is. I learned a lot of discipline when writing my book, not to bring it back to my book. No, please. But I do have a book available right now. Yeah. Um, it's called Grand. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, not, that was the biggest writing project I've ever done. Mm-hmm. It took three years. You know, it's a long piece of yeah. writing and it wasn't something you could wait to the last second and I had to really and it was emotionally very difficult to work on so I had and I it was probably the worst anxiety I've ever had mm-hmm. around this book it just the doom I would feel like the, I, I would be like it was like I was physically crawling out of my skin not wanting to work on it certain days and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have time to keep doing that I had to work on it so mm-hmm. I forced myself to just do one thing in the morning Mm-hmm. Or to go straight to the coffee shop, and obviously this is pandemic time, so like straight to your desk, whatever, you know, you go straight there and you go, I'm just going to start my day by working on this for, and I would even not let myself eat. Yeah. So I would be like, you don't even get breakfast or anything. You don't get your Diet Coke. You didn't mm-hmm. get your Diet Coke before writing? I, no caffeine? I would get a tea. I would get an iced okay. tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would get an iced tea and I would sit down and I would write as much as I could for like an hour and then I'd get my breakfast and my diet Coke. And then I would be like uh, my reward. And then I would, uh, some days that's all I could do. Mm-hmm. Other days that would set me up for 10 hours of writing, you know? So as mm-hmm. long as, but I felt so much better when I got into that mode where I was like, as long as you get up and do something early in the morning, right away, mm-hmm. you'll feel so much better. You mm-hmm. will feel so much Barbara. You will feel so much more accomplished. You don't have to structure the rest of the day. Oh, just do I've, the one thing. No, I've been doing that. I've been, I've been, yeah, yeah I'm starting to do that because, and that is for me, if I do the hardest thing first, then it's like, yep. okay. And it's not like I don't do all the shit I need to do. I do. It just will never be like scheduled. Structured in not... the way that you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you? But, but I think you're right. Yeah, like getting up and just like getting out of the way. Is... I mean, I'm not saying you don't have to deprive yourself of food or anything like that. But I was just like. It, it has to To happen. me, it does help, though, because yeah. as soon yeah. as I start, I do anything. Like, for, like, and exercise. And the... Yeah, right. I have to work out, like, in the morning. Or if I... I'll just mm-hmm. let myself be like, oh, I can do this and this and this, and it'll never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do that with exercise, too. I'll just put my running clothes right next to my bed, and I can't even, like, look at Twitter or my email or anything. I just immediately put my running clothes on and go running. Because yeah, otherwise, yeah. yeah, I'll be there for an hour reading articles. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah. I was going to say this. I don't know if this will help for smoking or not, but I do have like a I have like a very simple like chart that I made this next to my desk that I like cross off days. It's a calendar, but I cross off days that I exercise because I just wanted to like be making sure I was moving more. And there is something really, really satisfying just about the physical act of like the crossing it out, you know. So Mm -hmm. if you could maybe do that with like a physical calendar that you're looking at in front of your face with smoking and how many days you haven't smoked or something that might might be encouraging. Yeah, it becomes a nice challenge. This is dumb, but it kind of took me a minute to realize. I, I mean, I think a lot of people smoke because actually it is very nice and very good to like at intervals throughout your day go outside alone and just contemplate shit and that's mm-hmm. what smoking really is is you're like in an the moment excuse. Yeah. yeah you're just kind of you're not really on your phone and i think it's very i think we should normalize just like going outside for a couple minutes and just like Tell not break. doing much yeah yeah, yeah so Definitely. i don't know if that's helpful too but like just still you can still give yourself smoke breaks just don't smoke mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. play with your cats instead be like, oh, I want a cigarette. Cat Let break. me go play with my cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cat yeah. break, chill break. Um, let us know how it goes. And thank you for 
writing in. And if you guys have a lady problem you want to send to us, send it to ladytoladycomedy at gmail.com. Um, and that's the show. Sarah, tell everybody where, yeah, they can find the book and they can find you and all that stuff. Uh, I'm Sarah Schaefer One on all the platforms um, and except TikTok. <laughs> I have like 10 <laughs> followers on TikTok. Sarah Schaefer Official on oh. TikTok. So. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Um, and, uh, but no, it, you can find my, just Google Grand by Sarah Schaefer. You can buy it at any of the places that um, sell books. Yeah, it's so good. Grab your copy, guys. Thank you. Hell yeah. And uh, if you're a Patreon person, we will have a top secret session. Uh, Side note, some of the top secret sessions weren't loading in people's feeds. So if that was an issue for you, just delete that feed from your podcast player and re-add it on Patreon and you should see it show up. If you ever have any any problems like that or anything, just contact us and we'll help you out with it. But... Just yeah. so you know, they're there. You could have a whole stash of, t- of oh, top wow. secret sessions waiting for you. Yeah. that's awesome. Shout out to Deb for letting us know about that. We appreciate it, girl. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And uh, it's just a few that weren't showing up, but they're there. Yeah. So Awesome. All right, Thanks, guys. Ed. We'll see, see you over there. Bye-bye. Bye. Can't get enough of us? Subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive bonus content, access to our first 100 episodes, and more. Go to patreon.com slash lady to lady now to sign up. As little as a dollar a month keeps a roof over the glam cave and keeps you laughing, even when your coworkers stare. That's patreon.com slash lady to lady. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at lady to lady comedy. Join our Facebook group, Lady to Lady Podcasts, to chat with other fans about episodes or even post your own lady problems. Check out our website, ladytoladycomedy.com, for show notes, videos, and merch. And duh, follow our individual accounts, Babs Gray, Brandazzle, and Testify Barker for jokes and info and where you can see us perform live. And if you want to send us snacks, stickers, or a lock of your own hair, I don't know, whatever, our P.O. Box is 412-794-Los Angeles, California, 90041. And please, leave us a review on iTunes, but only if you like us. We love you. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.